The Detroit Pistons got absolutely destroyed by the Houston Rockets, but I don't even want to spend time really talking about that game. I want to talk about three issues. Obviously, there are big issues with a team that's 3-30, and but I want to talk about three issues I have with the Detroit Pistons as of right now in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen every single day we're free and available on all your podcast platforms if you haven't already head to the youtube channel at lockdown pistons hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on that's another great way to support the podcast and today's episode is brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nba and use code all lowercase locked on nba for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars now i'm recording this after the detroit pistons loss to the Houston Rockets. I'm not going to spend much time talking about that game specifically. We'll reference it. Um, all you need to know, Pistons got destroyed. They were down by 30-plus at one point. Um, it was not a close game at all. In the third quarter, it might have been some of the worst basketball I've witnessed in all my time watching any basketball. Um, Kate had a horrific night, 3 of 16 from the floor. Overall, the team had a terrible, terrible night. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this game because all we're going to end up talking about if I just stay on this game is how does Troy Weaver not make any changes? How, how are we still not making any changes? Like I, I, I can only talk about that so many damn times, man. I, every day, nothing happens. I mean, it is what it is. So I, 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 not, I don't want to spend too much time talking about just, just this game. So what I'm actually going to do on today's podcast, I have three issues. We're going to talk about three issues, segment one, segment two, segment three, and each an issue that I have with this team as of late, or really just throughout this entire season, um, so stay tuned for all that. We'll talk about uh, in the third segment. We're going to touch on just about everything um, just real quickly. But let's go ahead and get right into it. So the first issue that I have, and again, with a team that's 3-30, and 30, there are a 1,000 issues with the team, okay? There, there is 100 issues with this team that we've talked about a lot over the last few weeks, over the last few months we've talked about. So I'm not saying these are the only three issues, but issue number one for me right now on this podcast the use of Asar Thompson. Now listen, when the Pistons drafted Asar this past offseason, you guys all know who have been daily listeners of the podcast know that I was a big Asar Thompson fan and that he is who I wanted the Pistons to draft. I drafted him in the lockdown mock draft. I wanted the Pistons to draft Asar Thompson. I was really, really high on him. So when they drafted Asar Thompson, I was extremely happy and I thought they made the correct decision. As of January 1st, 2024, I still believe they made that right decision. However, the way they've used him and the, the things that happened after selecting Asar Thompson is some of the most confusing stuff I've witnessed this season. And me saying that should not be taken lightly because I've watched this team every single day, had to record a podcast about this team every single day in route to a 3-30 and record. So you have to leap a lot of stuff to get to the top of the list. For the first 18 games of this season, Asar Thompson was playing 30 minutes a game. He was shooting 46% from the floor. He was averaging 11.4 points, 9.3 rebounds, 3.0 assists, 1.6 blocks, and 1.1 steals. You were seeing, now he wasn't shooting good from beyond the arc, 11%. 
But no one, he was not expected to be a good three-point shooter. Everyone knew that was the part of his game that had to develop. But why people like me were so high on Asar was quite literally every other facet of his game with his freakish athleticism and his high IQ. And you saw all of it in that first 18 games. Really, 18 games is stretching it a little bit. In the first 12 or so games, he played 30 minutes every almost every single night. After that, he continued to play a decent amount, started to play a little bit better as well. So just do the cutoff at the 18 point, 18 game point, playing 30 minutes a game, showcasing his defense. We were talking about whether Asar was a top five, top 10 defender in the NBA at that point as a rookie. That's how great he was defensively. We are seeing him play, make, and transition. We are seeing him cut uh, in the half court. We are seeing him active as hell on the glass, offensive glass, defensive glass, taking it full court and then creating for someone else or for himself, getting to the rim, drawing fouls, dunking on dudes, backdoor cutting, catching oops, like, we saw every facet of Asar's game that everyone loved. Maybe not as much with the ball in his hands that maybe I would have liked. We didn't see him get used as much in pick and roll, really, at all. Um, there, and there were still, like I, I'm even saying it right now, there were more ways to use him just because of how versatile his skill set was. But overall, in those first 18 games, they were playing him a ton, and they were allowing, uh, maybe not allowing is the right word, they were utilizing his skill set, so at least some of his versatile skill set, almost every single night and playing him a ton of minutes doing so. And he was looking really good. Now, was the team bad? Yes, the team's been bad. The team's been bad all season. Sitting a star, starting a star, hasn't changed anything. This team is bad whether you start or sit him. And with him being your fifth overall pick and being one of the cornerstones of the future, I believe, he should be a priority, especially when you are this bad. You are not winning games. Starting veterans, starting starting Kevin Knox, like these guys st- doing this with these guys are not changing anything. You're not going to win extra games. You just lost by 30 to the Houston Rockets. Th- that's not changing the quality of play. Asar Thompson should be a priority with this team. And he has not been a priority with this team over the last month or so. Ever since November 30th, 13 minutes, 16 minutes, 16 minutes, 19 minutes, 21 minutes, 23 minutes, 18, 18, 8, 11, 11. He's only crossed 30 minutes played in two of these games. He's been coming off the bench in these games. He's been barely getting used in these games. And when he does play in these games, he's being told to basically just sit in the corner. He's not doing anything. He's not being asked to do anything within the offense. He's only getting five shots up per game over the last 14 games. He's not doing, he's not being asked to do any of those versatile things that we saw in the first 18 games, first 15-ish games, or what had everyone so high on Asar. He's not doing any of that in the offense because he's not being utilized in any type of way offensively. And I, this is why we're going to move on to, I want to take the next step of this conversation to what they did after they drafted Asar. Because while I I 100% believe that Asar should be a main priority and Monty Williams needs to be playing him, and there are definitely ways to be utilizing him that Monty's just not doing. That's on Monty. Monty's not doing a good job at all. I don't think he's doing a good job with this team in the least bit. However, again, like I've said all year, he has been dealt a bad hand along with that. With the hand he's had, he's done the worst possible hand you possibly could do. Like, he's played it the worst possible way. But that doesn't change the fact that he has a terrible hand. And the fact that the Detroit Pistons drafted Asar Thompson, number five, and then did not go get players on this roster to make it possible to utilize them in the best chance possible, in the best way possible, is absolutely crazy. The fact that Monty Williams is so scared to play Asar Thompson because if he plays, he can't play anybody else on the floor that has re- that resembles any type of shooting is insane. 
It's absolutely insane. The fact that he's so scared to play Asar Thompson and Jalen Duran together on the on the court because those two guys are not going to space the floor at all, and he has no other options to play next to them that he believes at least to help space the floor and balance out the, the floor and offense and defense is an incredible, incredible knock on Troy Weaver and what he did this offseason. They didn't get no kind of backup big that could fit with the Sar Thompson. You can't utilize him in the screen and roll game, apparently, with Monty because he doesn't believe in having to do in the dunker spot. It doesn't seem like. He'd rather have a space that floor. If that's the case, you don't have a backup five to be able to do that with. If you had a five that could space the floor and you run pick and roll with the Sar and Cade, you have you have a Sar rolling down to the basket with the ball in his hands, being able to either dunk on whoever's at the rim or kick out and utilize his incredible passing and IQ in the short roll, which we saw him do for about four possessions one game. Monty said you do it, and we haven't seen it since. This roster has been made to where, again, there are ways to utilize the Sar Thompson still. We saw it the first 18 games of the season. They were doing it. But even then, they weren't able to utilize them in all these ways that you can because of how horrific the roster is and how scared they are to play him a lot of minutes because he can't shoot and the rest of the team can't shoot. So because he can't shoot, he's going to be the one that gets paralyzed and not played a ton. It's it, it's utterly insane. If you are going to draft Asar Thompson, number five, you are fully aware that he cannot shoot the basketball right now. You are fully aware that that's the part of his game that has to develop. The fact you didn't build a roster around that to get him run this season, which honestly it's crazy because he was getting run at the beginning. I don't know what changed. But the fact you didn't get a roster around him or around just your young core guys that helps build those young guys up because it isn't just a star that gets screwed by this. We've talked about it all season, how it's screwed Cade over, how we how it's really screwed Jay and Ivy over. It's screwed over all the young core guys. But the guy who's getting hurt the most, I'd say, out of it is a star because not only is he not playing well now as of late, he also – is not just he's he's not even even playing. He's barely even playing. Cade was getting screwed by it, yeah, but he at least he was playing and he's found a way to get out of it and he's playing well over the last month or so. Like we get that. Asar, not only is he not playing well as of late now, now he's just not even playing. Now he's just not even getting reps, and all and the reps he does get is him standing in the corner. It's 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 a failure at multiple levels. It's crazy. Asar Thompson showed us why he could be one of the cornerstones of this team and why he is so he was such a highly thought of prospect. And and they're just they're just washing it away. They're just washing it away. Not only are they three and thirty this season, they're also not developing the guys they need to be developing. And that's that was why I told you guys weeks ago that if there was anything you could salvage out of this season, screw winning games. Now you have to try to develop your young guys. Because you're not going nowhere to win games. It's over with. That's done. It's it's dead. You you failed at that. Now you need to salvage something. It needs to be developing your young guys, and they're not even doing that now. Sorry, actually, they're doing the exact opposite, hurting them and then not playing them at all. For what? For what? To play these other guys to get routed by thirty? Like to lose to get on a twenty-eight game losing streak? What is playing these other guys and prioritizing these other guys getting you? You're getting the same level of losses, except now you're hurting the young. I I don't understand what's going on with this team. I, I I don't understand what's happening with this team from top to bottom at all. I don't know what's going on. Anyways, when we come back, issue number two, rotations. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports option out there in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And Prize Picks is obviously my favorite 
daily fantasy option out there. One of the reasons why is because they have every sport you possibly can think of. You can do cross sports entries. You have basketball, football, baseball, hockey. They even have esports on there. They have college sports on there. They have just about every sport you can think of. And you can cross them over in any single entry. Another reason why Price Picks is my favorite daily fantasy option out there. For anyone who plays daily fantasy sports, you know injuries can absolutely kill everything for you, and they routinely do. But with Price Picks, they offer a reboot policy. If you have a player, let's say in football or basketball, that gets hurt in the first half and does not return in the second half with any other fancy option, you are screwed. It's over with. It is what it is. I'm sorry. It is what it is. With Price Picks, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. And I can't tell you guys how big time that is. So head to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA, use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Now, this game is a hard game to do this with. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it You can't really look at this game because – actually, yeah, you can. I'm not going to lie to you. you. You can still look at this game and say it. Um a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we heard from Monty Williams. I was there. I was there in the press. I was in the media, media room when he was answering these questions. And someone asked Monty about the rotations. This was weeks ago, weeks ago. They asked him about the rotations. Guy's not playing well. Um, what's, what does he have to do about this? And in that, as he answered that question, he said, basically, I'm summarizing what he said. Basically that he's going to have to shorten the rotation because guys are not playing well and it's hurting the team because when they go to the bench, they are losing everything. So they're going to have to shorten the rotation and play guys more minutes. That's what came out of Monty's mouth. That didn't come out of Kuka Hill's mouth. That didn't come out of one of the beat writers' mouths. No, this came directly from Monty Williams. He openly said that was one of the solutions that they had to go with because of how bad the bench is. That's what Monty said. Not me, not anybody else. That's what Monty said. And despite that, ever since then, ever since he said that, we have not seen a shortened rotation one time. We have not witnessed a shortened rotation one time. In the Raptors game, even the game they won, they played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in that game. You can do this with every game they every game they played. Go to the, the Boston Celtics game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players played. Go to the new the Brooklyn Nets game. I almost call them the New Jersey Nets. Go to the Brooklyn Nets game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game, ten players played. Every single game since Monty has said this, they have played ten guys still. They have played ten guys still. So he is not showing the rotation at all. These guys are still playing. And even over the last, in like I think it was like four, four or five games ago, Monty came out after the game and said, "I gotta find a way to better stagger the lamps and and, and play this bench lamp less." Monty, you are actively saying, telling us the answers to to the problem. You're you're openly saying it after the game, the answer to the problem. And then when the game arrives, 
it's like it's like you forget the answers you are giving us. Again, this isn't what I'm saying to do. Monty's telling us that that's what has to happen, and then he's not doing it. I'm so like I'm not. I, I'm I, look. I mean this with every bone in my body. This team. Not only is this probably the worst. Not probably. This is the worst team I've ever watched, and I've watched almost every single game of Pistons basketball since they traded Chauncey Billis. I remember coming home on the bus. My stepdad at the time telling me as I'm walking home, screams down the street, Chauncey Billis has been traded. I'm, I cried the entire way down that street until I got inside, saw Chauncey was traded, and continued to cry in that living room. I was I was destroyed that they traded Chauncey. And I've watched every game of almost every season since then. This is the worst basketball team I've watched. This is terrible. They are awful. They are horrific. Historically bad. They might be the worst team of all time at the end of this season. But what makes it even worse, they are also possibly the most confusing team I've ever watched in my entire life. Because not only is there confusion for me from the owner to not make any changes for a team that is currently 3-30. and 3-30. and Not to mention, Monty Williams has added an assistant coach to his staff. I don't know why you're allowing him to add people to his staff. Because now it's making me think that you're, you're basically saying, I mean, I guess I should have taken him at his word. But I don't think you would let a coach that's on a hot seat continue to add to his staff and bring guys in. Like, so I have to assume that Monty Farrell is just safe as safe as possible. So I'm going to have confusion from the top with owner not doing any changes at, for a 3-30 and 30 team. I have a confusion for the front office for how you could, badly, how you could so badly mess up an offseason and how you can so badly mess up a roster and have a team this horrifically bad historically. So I'm questioning at the owner level. I'm confused there. I'm confused with the GM. I'm confused who even is the owner of the, the, the who, who even controls the stuff in the front office. The entire front office is bad. But whoever wants to take credit for certain moves, I'm sure they're going to start pinning it on each other soon. Front office is confusing. And then the head coach is confusing the hell out of me too. Because it'd be different if Monty was coming out after the games and saying, yeah, we know we got to play a larger rotation. Don't want to play these guys too many minutes, man. You know, they're young. I don't want to put that much on them. We need to get some of these guys in there. They're just going to have to get through it, and they're going to have to get better at the bench lineup. At that point, you'd see me come on here and say, Monty, I disagree with you, but at least you're telling us why you're doing it. You're telling us why you're doing it. You have a reason for it. I can disagree with reason. I can bring uh, uh, evidence for why I disagree with that reason, but then at least you're giving us the reasoning for why you're doing it. He's doing the exact opposite. Monty is telling us that he should not be doing it. Like, again, this isn't me telling him he shouldn't be. Monty is telling himself after games that he should not be doing it, and then he does it again the next game, and the next game, and the next game, and the next game, and the next game. I'm telling you, I have never been – I've never watched a team so bad, and I've never been so confused watching a basketball team in my entire life. I I can – like, I – it's crazy. It's honestly insane what is going on with the Detroit Pistons right now. It's embarrassing. It's, 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 it's seriously crazy, man. When you sit down and seriously think about it and just give it a moment of thought, it's crazy from literally every single level you can think of. It is absolutely insane. And then let's just get to the rotation itself. Why has, why has James Wiseman replaced Marvin Bagley in the rotation? Because Marvin Bagley was probably one of the only bright spots of the season. It looked like he was actually finding his role as a rotation big. Not as a star, not as a starter, but he had found himself as a rotation big. Marvin Bagley, I thought, has actually been good this year. He's been one of the only players who I think actually have been fine this year. And he's just lost his rotation spot. For what? I, I, like, I'm so – what happened there? What did, Mont, what did Bagley do to lose his spot? For James Wiseman, who is not good. James Wiseman is, is not a good basketball player right now. He has not been a good basketball player 
his entire career. And in this third quarter versus Sangoon, Sangoon gave James Wiseman the work. And it wouldn't have been better with Marvin Bagley out there either. Okay, Marvin Bagley is not some defensive guy, which goes right back to Troy Weaver not getting any big on this roster because Duran's not good defensively either. The Pistons don't have a singular big on this roster that's good defensively. It's 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 crazy. But it's not like James Wiseman's ball was balling out and kicked Marvin Bagley out the rotation. Marvin Bagley was playing bad. Marvin Bagley was playing fine. I, like why was he kicked out the rotation? He was one of the only bright spots of the team. He actually was playing as a rotation big. I, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Then you got Sar Thompson. We talked about him in the first segment with the rotation. It, it, I, this team, from the top down, is just confusing. It's the most confusing team I've witnessed in my life. With their use of Asar Thompson, and then the use or how they're using their rotation. Now, I know they have some guys out with Isaiah Stewart, but there was a, look, and this is where we're ended off. There was, a, there was a tweet the other day. It was right before the Raptors game because the Raptors had traded their guys. Everyone's saying the Pistons were going to win. Someone tweeted out a screenshot of when the Pistons traded for Blake Griffin, what their rotation looked like in that game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I remember watching that game. I remember it very vividly. SVG in that game played seven guys. The starters played 38 plus minutes. Why am I bringing that up? Because the excuse is going to be, well, even though he's done it, Monty has done it for weeks before this, the excuse now we're going to hear is, well, guys are hurt, so he has to play more guys. No, that's not true at all. That's not the case. Because when Stan Van Gundy had literally eight guys playable, he only played seven of them. He played Stanley Johnson 38 minutes. He played Drummond 40 plus minutes. He played Reggie Jackson 35 plus. Like he played these guys. I think it was actually Ish Smith in the lineup that time. 35 plus minutes. Like he limited to just the guys that were at least quality NBA players or he thought could at least help them that game. And they ended up winning that game. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron that game. So there is no excuse for it. There's no excuse for it. Limit the rotation. Cut the rotation down. Monty, you've said it yourself that it doesn't work. The larger rotation, everyone sees that it doesn't work. The all-bench lineups, they don't work. They're actively killing the team. Even though the team's already bad, that kills the team as well. But you keep doing it. Just stop doing it. You you yourself have said it's not good and it needs to stop. Who's the one making the decisions? It's like that It's like that meme of the dude in the hot dog suit. It was like, oh, we're all trying to figure out who did this. And it was him who did Like, I don't know what else to say. I don't know. I don't got nothing else for you. When we come back, issue number three. Issue number three I have with this team. Everything. Everything. Before we get to that, though, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose. The app is extremely easy to use and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays, find bets in the new explore tab, make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays and a bunch of other stuff with FanDuel. I'm telling you guys a few years ago when betting became legal in Michigan, I was new to it. I didn't know what I wanted to go to. Went to FanDuel and I haven't turned back since. FanDuel is super self-explanatory. It made me feel super comfortable on the app. I wasn't confused about anything. And I've had a ton of fun using it all these years. FanDuel is the best option for you. Again, it has so many different options for you. Player part or player props, live same game parlays. You can do futures on the app. 
it's you it's absolutely amazing. Definitely check out FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet an absolute layup. And again, you'll get that 150 bucks and bonus bets guaranteed when you place that five dollar bet. Again, go to fanduel.com slash locked on, make your first bet an easy layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review whenever podcast platform you're listening to us on. It's another great way to support the podcast. My final issue with this team, and I had to do this one. I, I had to name it this. Because, like I said earlier, there's so many issues with this team that if I just made three issues, it just it wouldn't feel right for a team that's three and thirty. There's there's like there's an unlimited amount of of what is they call finite resources. That's basically what like the issues are with or infinite resources uh, with the Pistons. That's what the issues are. They go on forever. So everything issue number three is quite literally everything. The rotation bad. The use of Asar Thompson is bad. The roster is terrible. The choice to do no changes is terrible. What this team looks like on a daily basis is terrible. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. Every time I tune into one of these games with the Detroit Pistons, a, a little bit of joy gets zapped out of me because this is quite literally the worst basketball I've ever watched in my entire life, and it doesn't get better with the management part of it. There is Every little thing about this team is bad. They cannot play defense. They can't play defense because they're at a point with how bad this roster is. And we've talked about this numerous times, but you saw it again in this game against Houston. And you saw Monty talk about it after the game. He talked about, you know, they asked him about Cade struggles in this game, three of 16. He said, Cade's been carrying us as of late. I don't care about that. He was going to have a bad game at some point. He's been carrying us. It is what it is. I was more concerned with the defense. Cade will be fine, which I completely agree with. Cade's been carrying this team for a month now. He was due to have a bad game at some point. It is what it is. This game was horrific by him. You don't want to see him have these bad games. But at some point, he was going to have a bad game. I'm not worried about it. He's been spectacular for a month now, over a month now. I, he's he's going to be fine. I, no one needs to freak out over one game. He, he's going to be fine. It is what it is. It happens. The defense was concerning. The problem is, is that this team is at a point with this roster that they have to choose one. It's, it's like if you open up, if you plug one hole, another one opens up. It's either you go offense and no defense, or you go defense and you get no offense. And for all of you guys who listen, I want you guys to tell me in the comment section down below or tweet at me. Can I, for those of you guys who have listened to this podcast since the offseason, you guys will know. I think I was the only one in the Pistons community. I swear to God, you guys can back me up on this. I was the only one in the Pistons community that pointed that exact problem out all offseason. Everyone kept talking about the spacing they brought in. Everyone started talking about, you know, we brought a star Thompson in. All offseason, I kept talking about it. I asked James Edwards III when he came on the podcast in the offseason. I asked Omari the same question when he came on the podcast in the offseason. I said on numerous occasions that this team, the roster that they have assembled, they don't have guys that can do both things. They don't have a roster where they can put out a lineup that has spacing and also that will survive defensively. And then they don't have a lineup that they can put out that will survive defensively, but will survive offensively. And all offseason, I was told, that's not true. Monty Morris, you know, is going to make this big difference. Joe Harris, you're looking out for Joe Harris, three-point shooter, team defense, he can do all of it. KJ, like, I was told all offseason that wasn't going to be a problem. And we are witnessing it be a problem probably at the, the, the 
the biggest problem for a team I think I've ever seen in the NBA. A team that literally cannot play any offense if they go defense, and if they go defense, they can't play any offense. It. This is the problem with this team. This team is not balanced. This team is terrible. And, and this is the worst thing about it. They're not good enough offensively to go all offense and survive, and they're not good enough defensively to go all defense and survive. So even though you added, quote-unquote, spacing with Joe Harris, who doesn't even play because of how bad he is now, you didn't add spacing, actually. But let's just say, quote-unquote, you added spacing. Yeah, that spacing that you added in involving Kevin Knox at the beginning of the year, who was out the NBA before the year, is not good enough to play that spacing line because of how bad the defense is and the offense isn't going to be good enough to make up for the defense. Then if you want to go defense, which, by the way, you didn't add no defenders to this team outside of Asar Thompson, if you go that, a quote-unquote, defensive lineup, not only are you horrific offensively, you are also bad defensively. So it's not like going an all-defensive lineup is still getting a good defense. You're still bad defensively. You're just even worse offensively. And it's the exact opposite with offense and defense. Like it's My issue with this team is quite literally everything. This team needs to completely reboot. They take price picks, their advice, and reboot this whole team. They need to reboot everything. They need to get rid of quite literally everything and start the hell over. Start from damn near scratch. Start start over with Cade and then pick the guys you want. There should only be like two or maybe three guys that you pick after that. You should scrap literally every other part of this team, coaching staff, front office, every person in the front office, by the way, not just Weaver. It should be scrapped to the bare bones and start to complete start completely over. That's my issue with this team. My issue, my third issue with this team is that they're not doing anything. They're not changing anything, and this team has gotten to this point where there's quite literally nothing positive coming out of this season besides the fact that Cade looks like he's good. Like, that's all you can get. And then you have nights like this from Cade, and you lose by 30-plus points, and no one else is getting better because the roster doesn't allow it, and the coaching staff doesn't know how to utilize guys. Like, it's it's all around horrifically bad. That's my issue. Number three, everything. Quite literally everything. That's all I've got for you guys, man. Thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. I'll catch you guys in the next one, man. Stay safe out there. Watch other basketball. It's fun. Basketball is a fun sport. It's a very fun sport. Watch other games. Watch other teams. You will have fun again. I promise. Till next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out.